Are you doing this work to facilitate growth or to become famous? Which is more important, getting or letting go? Kelly Butler is a former Winnipeg Blue Bomber, but he also played in the NFL. Butler now works with indigenous children in Winnipeg. Playing for a purpose, works with young people, providing mentorship and creating opportunities. Kelly, as a black man and a former professional athlete, how are you feeling watching all of this unfold? Good morning. Good morning, Coach. How you feeling today? I'm feeling strong. How are you? I'm feeling like this. I was talking to a friend of mine, he was on the show, Chucky Jacoby, and thank you for being on the show. He said, a day above ground is a day that I'm gonna be positive about. So I'm borrowing his mantra and saying, every day above ground is a positive start. I love it. <laughs> and what are you doing sending me a text this morning at 4.03 a.m.? 4.03 a.m., I'm standing strong and thinking about our podcast. Because this, this time, and, and you gotta think about this. Today on the show, I wanna be able to say, are we taking this serious? You know, and, and are we taking our life serious? And we want to be able to look at mental health and saying, standing strong, what happens is at four o'clock in the morning, I don't sleep. I, I might go to bed at like 10 o'clock, nine o'clock, and I wake up at four o'clock. And then I start just meditating and seeing what's going on. There's a person that we're going to talk about and saying, standing strong, how much strength does this one man have to have to keep getting back up? His name is Tiger Woods. Oh, yep. So we look at our industry because what they've done is taken a man, taken a tragedy where his kneecap and his leg is broken into 15, 16, 17 different pieces. And they've taken a prop and said, well, look what he was driving. So if we say standing strong, saying Tiger Woods, the man, who he is, and let's break it down for one second, a father, a professional, what school he had and the strength and the diversity of what Tiger Woods is. The, the idea, him standing strong and seeing what he's going to have to do to come back from this, I want to be able to make that relatable to the audience. What do you think about that today, Coach? I love it. So when we look at so some – go ahead, Coach. I was going to say, obviously, there there's a man that's been faced with a ton of adversity in his life, Tiger Woods. If you watch his documentary, uh, my girlfriend was talking about it last night. You know, She said if there's one any, one individual that can come back, it'll be this man. And you know what? I, I agree with her. This guy, his – how long was he? He played with a broken leg before. Uh, his back has been shot for how long? And he keeps coming back. You know, can you come back from rods in your legs? I mean, maybe you, there's a good chance. I, I, I don't know. But you he, he's not a young man anymore. But, but let's start off from standing strong. Let's start from the beginning, coach. Let's really break this down from the beginning. As a man, you have children, yes or no? Yes. To the audience, please remind them how many kids you have. Too. And, and you're a father and I'm a father. I have my, my daughter Posey. Um, big shout out to Sid and to Cole and, and to, to the kids that are listening to us. Thank you for tuning in. To the fathers and the mothers listening to us. Thank you. But let's right now focus in on Tiger Woods and his father. His mother, uh, an amazing woman. She, she was something that stands out behind and we will get into that. But right now, Tiger Woods, his father. See, what people don't know is I met Tiger Woods, his father. Did you know that? No, I didn't. I had an opportunity to sit down with Earl Woods for three hours when I was 12, 12, 13 years old. Wow. 
So when so we had an opportunity to go to Chicago, my, John Matthews, my uncle John was the assistant superintendent of schools, and he was just very well connected. And at that time, Dennis Burns was running Tigers Woods Sporting Academy for his Tiger Woods Golf Academy school. And Dennis Burns grew up in Grand Rapids, and, and John Matthews was a mentor to him, as he was to a lot of young black men. So we had an opportunity to go to Chicago because John Matthews wife, Aunt Bev, Beverly Matthews, was from Chicago, and there was a big tournament going on in Chicago. So John, my Uncle John, was a huge golf enthusiast. So I've learned to watch Tiger Woods from day one. And we went to the tournament, he played extremely well. And then we had opportunity to sit down with the father of Tiger Woods. What do you think that was like, Coach? I could only imagine he would be an intense individual. He wasn't. He was the most calm, really? kind, wow. gentle, subdued, grandpa I've ever met he just listened really well you know how like like you know somebody that has a calm energy that's kind and allows for a child to speak and be heard and you're a young man listening on every uh every word I'm sure no I'm talking because I've always been charismatic so I'm just telling him he's like and I'm having this conversation <laughs> that was a joke that was a joke because you're always talking right sometimes these jokes go over my head coach and that's why I'm saying that's why I'm six nine you ever seen the guardians of the galaxy nothing goes over my head I'm like yo dude you serious? Did you just say that? <laughs> Did you just miss the joke? Yeah, I just missed your joke, coach. I understand. <laughs> but in that I moment, I saw somebody that took the time for a kid that he didn't know at a party that was a bunch of social elites, and he sat down and talked to me. And I think that was when his book was out, and he signed the book, and we just had a conversation. And I see that the strength that he tried to prepare his son for, he would put change in his pocket. He would make him go out in different environments. And we both know that golf is a mental game. So when we say standing strong, are we mentally standing strong right now? How mentally strong are you right now, Coach? Me? Uh, personally, I'm good. Personally, I'm very good. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very happy where I'm at. Things are going well for me, but not everybody's in the same the same position. And when, I, and when I say, and, and the reason I ask that is because some of your mental strength comes from your father. You spoke highly of some of the situations that he's prepared you for to go through the industry uh, that you're in in the car business and, and allowed you to have strength, you know, on and off the, the sales force or, and, and, you know, on and off the practice field. Your father has shown you some things to be successful and be strong. Yes or no? Correct. Would you, would you say some of your strength, and we're not taking from your mother right now, we're not taking from mothers, I'm just speaking on fathers. What role did your father play into you as the man that you are right now? For fathers listening to raising men, what was the role or the impact that your father played in your life as a, at a young age? To like let's say till twelve. So what was your role? Because I'm twelve, you're twelve. How was your father's relationship up to being twelve? I looked at my father. I looked up to him, and I, what I saw was a man that no matter what it took, he went out every single day, and I, and I call it grinding, meaning. You go out day in and day out. You know, you have to remember the economy was up and down back in those days. And it didn't matter. He went to a family business and he was from 7 a.m. He would come home around 8 or 9 o'clock at night. And I looked at that man. I thought, wow, he did it every day, day in and day out, five days a week and went in on Saturdays. And he did it for why? He did it for his family. He did it for us. So when I look at my father, I look up to a guy like that and go, wow, wow. You know, every, all the groundwork he, he did, he laid out for myself, my sister, and my brother. And my brother isn't with us anymore, but for everything he did, it was for, for his family and for the three of us and obviously for my mom. And, and what's your father's name for, for, to give him his, his flowers or, or his acknowledgement? Ron Kinsella, the man, the myth, the legend. 
And the reason I bring that up is we talk about your father. I talk about, I don't talk about my father. My father is Frank Alton Butler. He was a strong man. He was like your father's strong man, like Tiger's strong man. Tiger's father's no longer with us. My father's no longer with us. And your father's an uncle to me. But we've all raised young men, myself, you, and Tiger Woods. And I look at the character of my father, and he was able to overcome growing through Chicago. And then he went to be, to, to be the valedictorian in Chicago and was heavily recruited by Michigan State football. Went there and didn't play. And, and has that PTSD trauma. And come to find out he had a horrible relationship with you know that coach. But he was strong with me. And he built me to be strong. And sometimes those disciplinary things, when you look at society now, you say that was too much. But he prepared me to be here, so I have a lot of gratitude for the man. And I look at, when you look at life, and we talk about Tiger Woods, sometimes see how he's able to have the mental strength to stand strong. Today's podcast is standing strong and saying, Tiger Woods, the mental strength as a father. First of all, do you think there's a problem here with Tiger? Do you think that was just, you know, fluke luck, you know, with, with Tiger's situation? Or do you think it's just, you know, something else is going on? Because he seems to be having a string of bad luck, you know. Do you think this is just something's more there, in my point, Coach? Yeah, I, I, I don't know if something more is there. You know, it's, uh, unfortunately, accidents are they're a tragedy. You know, number one is he's lucky to be alive. If you look at that vehicle, he, he, he's lucky to be alive. So things happen for a reason, you know. Did he walk away? Hey, Coach, so he, Coach, he, stop, he, stop there for a scary. reason. You, yeah. did, you did something that reset I said something stupid. I said, is there something more there? As we look at certain situations, sometimes we look at and saying, oh, we look at, oh, he must have had something else going on. It might have been a circumstance. And then we take a moment and say, man, he's lucky to be alive. And I think when we look at standing strong, it's keeping it simple and saying, hey, this man right now has a family. And as you look at why you're moving forward, why you're standing up, Tiger Woods. And imagine yourself being Tiger Woods. Did you ever play the video game with Tiger Woods, that the golf game, Tiger Woods video game? Yes, I did. And did you ever, did you, do you play golf? Yes. Am, am I good? No. Let's start off from the beginning, because I met the man, Tiger Woods' father, and we talked about how he was influential to me in one moment. You know, when we think about what it would be like to have Tiger Woods' father, there might be some real positive things, there might be some negative things. There might be some real positive things to having Kirk Kinsella's father and some negative things. There were some negative and positives with having me and my father. But we look at the man, the sons. What do you think that mental strength is like to be Tiger Woods, you know, in a situation the first time he faced adversity? When was the first time you faced real adversity, coach? Because I want to bring it to you first. When was the most pressure you've had in your life that you have to perform? The most pressure I've had in my life I've had to perform? Was the, the first time. Jesus. The first time. First time? I, I was probably 10 years old and I was playing for uh, an all-star team made out of, I think, 18 Winnipeg kids. And we went to Toronto and we played in, uh, in a big tournament. And it was, I think it was the top 18 kids in hockey. And I went for Manitoba and it was the Winnipeg Colts. And I went and, wow, it was intense. How'd you do? We, we won it all. We were the only, we we're the second team in Manitoba history to ever win it all. So we did, but we had, we had some rock stars on our team. Oh, we had a 
a young man at 10 years old could take a slap shot from the point and hit a top corner. That's what I'm saying. Like, when you start speaking that terminology, I sit back because I know you're standing strong because that's your lane. You're a hawk. You're speaking the lane that people understand. So I just stand back. So what did it feel like to win? What did that feel like? Oh, what an accomplishment. You know, my parents and my Uncle George at the time, they took us three mornings a week at 6 a.m. to practice. And we practiced, I think, for about four months. So I had my own hockey team, and then I was practicing with this hockey team. And the only time, they, one part of the the, uh, the program we are in at the time is it could not interfere with the community club team. So the only ice time we could come together with is to all these, bring these young men together was in the mornings. So it was 6 a.m. we were on the ice. Like, we were leaving our house at 5.15, every uh, three times a week. So let's slow down, Coach. For probably three or four months. Coach, how has that developed your skill setting waking up early? From an early age, having to wake up to do something extra on top of doing something extracurricular, setting the stage to wake up early. How has that set you up for success in life, being able to stand strong now? Oh, to me, to me, your day starts in the morning. Every day, if, to me, it starts first thing bright and early. Have a cup of coffee, get going. I'm loving this warmer weather, Kelly. So am I. Because, uh, oh, starting probably, in a, in, and I know I'm not about, I know I'm all about one day or day one. I'm all about today. And this warmer weather, you know, as you know, I walk at night and Bonnie and I go for walks for, for 7K. I'll start running because it's nice and warm now in the morning. Hey, coach. Like, this, is, this is awesome. That's it's a, minus 40, that's not fun. No, coach, that's a good segue. I don't know how to run. I'm going to teach you. And that's, my, and that's what I'm saying. When you're standing strong, I'm, what I've learned is a second chance around to ask for help the right way. So when you start running, Coach, I have no problem waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning, driving over to your house, and trying to learn how to be a runner. We're not going at 4. We'll go at 6.30. All right. I'll sit, hey, here's what I do, Coach. This is, this is the honest to God truth. I'm still going to wake up at 4 o'clock. I'm still going to be ready to go at like 4.15. And then I'm going to walk around my house to 4.45. Then I'm going to get in my car and drive to your house around 5.30. And I'm going to sit in your driveway and with the lights off. Not be weird. <laughs> <laughs> Swear to God. I'm not lying. You're going to be like, hey, uh, your, your neighbor's going to be like, um, there's a large vehicle in your driveway. He comes every morning. I was worried about him. Oh, that's my brother Kelly. So... <laughs> So as you talked about early on, Sam, people think Kurt Kinsella, the man today at his young age and, and working out, you said at 10 years old, you've been working, waking up at five o'clock. So please acknowledge that one thing segues to the next. Being able to be in a sports setting and having the right structure has transitioned to having the right structure for life and business. And one of the first things you said is because there wasn't availability, you were able to make a systematic switch to say, well, I got to wake up earlier, and you were okay with it. Is that what I'm? Is that what you're saying? In a roundabout way, yes. I didn't at first. Ten years old, do you like getting up that early? No, I didn't make that plan. The plan was made for us as a team, as a group. I adhered to it. I followed. Oh it. shit, and coach! Coach later in life, coach. Yes. You just said it. The plan was made for you. You didn't make the plan. That's where we have a fundamental error as youth. We go into a situation saying, oh man, in a roundabout way. No, you didn't make the plan. Somebody drove you there. Somebody had a plan and you agreed to it because you agreed to it. And I think sometimes as youth, we forget that there was a plan or we may not like the plan, but we have to acknowledge that somebody else had something in place before we were here. 
and this plan that you're speaking on has created success for you. Yes? Correct. All right, cool. Keep going. Because some people say, oh, man, they don't want to take any accountability. They don't want to see it from any lay, any level. They don't want to take any internal accountability. They don't want to take any systemic accountability. They don't want to see it from anywhere else but for themselves and people to feel sorry for them and saying, I agree with you. I'm empathizing with you, but I'm not going to sympathize with you because you got to step up. You got to stand strong. So when we talk, I want to understand from the most kind way I can be, which is like, if you don't have a coat on in the winter, but you left your coat at home and your parents are like, hmm, how long are you going to stand out there in that cold weather? Wow. That's a different kind of standing strong. That, that's a foolish standing strong. Standing outside, number one is you need to prepare yourself. Thank you. There you go, coach. Let's go. There you go. By, by standing outside with a coat off and you're a young, uh, young adolescent, you're whatever, a teenager, that's just foolishness. But here's what you can do. There's preparation. Prepare yourself. You know it's cold outside. Put a jacket on. If you want to go outside, go hang with your friends. Do what you got to do. That's fine. But as a parent, I agree with what you're saying, Kelly. You sit back and go, what the heck are you doing? And the second time around me going back to school, I'm like, what was I doing the first time? I thought I was standing strong, stepping away from the home. And it's like, penguins can't fly. But they're still a bird. So as a penguin sees an eagle flying, it's like seeing your father being successful and you try and fly. How far can a, a penguin fly? And I say, well, you're standing strong. You got happy feet, but you're not moving where you need to. So sometimes, in all times, you have to ask for help. When, when coach said, hey, Kelly, you see the opportunity. I want you to understand, listeners, see the opportunity and step up. So Coach Kinsella said this, hey, when it gets warmer, because I was listening, he said, hey, I'm going to start running again. So he hasn't been running. So there's a point. So I, he's starting over because the weather hasn't allowed him. Now, if I want to start something new with somebody that I trust, I just have to simply speak up and ask and wait. He said, hey, Coach, can I join you? And what did you say? Of course. Was I scared? 100%. Was I a little bit nervous? Was I like, maybe coach might? And I don't know because he just told me at 10 years old, he was a superstar athlete. He might not have been the best athlete, but he was on a team full of good athletes. Were there people at 10 years old that did not make that team, coach? Yes, unfortunately, yes. And, and a part of that, there's going to be some resentment, but still, you were good enough to be on a great team. Yes or no? Correct. And you learned habits. And, and that's when I look at Coach Kinsella. He was the Steve Kerr before Steve Kerr was a thing. He's the Steve Nash. Steve Nash loves, loves soccer. But he was 6'4 and loves basketball. And now he's coaching the Brooklyn Nets. Are you coaching right now, Coach? Somewhere in some, you're, you're, you're general manager, right? You're coaching, yes? I'm coaching my team as in my, my crew, my coworkers, yes. And do you do a lot of the similar coaching styles from hockey to, you know, strategies and business? as far as some of those yes. similar themes? Yes. It's all about leading a team. In leading a, to me, leading a team is, A, you have to be enthusiastic, number one. Number two, you have to know what you're talking about because you can, you can sit up there and, and gabble and, and they, they can sit. If, if they don't have your respect and if you don't have any, I don't know if it's accolades would be the word we're going to look for, but we use that anyway. Or and, titles or P or H's or D's. Yeah. 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 It, you know, at, at some point you have to have some kind of credentials that they can say, Hey, wow, look, look at the success this man has had, or look at the success this individual has had. That's how you get in here. And, and it's all about, and, and I believe building a, a 
team is, A, it's not about finger pointing and telling them what to do. It's leading by example and showing them how to do it. You said it, Coach. And why, it, why they need to do it. It's so simple. It's KISS. Keep it simple. And this is what I say. Happiness is sacrifice. In order to be happy, you have to make the sacrifice at some point in your life. And I remember Bernard Pollard. He was Pollard. He was a tight end for me when I played at Detroit Lions. Great tight end. Hall of Famer was with the Colts. And he said this to me, and he was a country man. He was a country boy. He was like Carl Malone, but, you know, for football. Same exact personality from Utah Jazz, same kind of style, even kind of looked the same. Um, had the same kind of mannerisms, just, just like an older, strong black man. And he said, hey, young fella. I was like, what's going on, B? He was like, look, you're either going to work the first 34 years of your life or you're going to work the next 34 years of your life, but you got to figure it out. Looks like you're going to be working a lot longer than you should because you're not listening to me. And he was right because I didn't make the sacrifice. I wanted the happiness of the style of living the lifestyle of luxury. I would put all the work in, but then I wouldn't make the sacrifice for going out. So I didn't understand what happiness really meant was making the sacrifice. And the one thing I realized is the second time around, I ain't got that much time. You know, coach, do so you realize that you think that- Kelly, no different than one day or day one, every day. You, what makes you your most happy, Coach? My family. Thank you. People listening to the show, Coach, do you make sacrifices that look like success? Of course. So people think our success. We all do. Our success is our success is our sacrifice because I'm not always happy when I'm working, but I'm working to be happy for my family. So the more successful somebody is, they're probably not happy, unfortunately, unless they can find balance. Uh, you know what, I could disagree with you on that. Help me out. This, let's talk. Let's have a conversation. Go ahead. Because you create your own happiness. There's no, and I, and I tell this to the co, and I don't, I tell this to coworkers that I work with. There's no lock on the door. The day you're not happy, don't come in. You need to create an environment that's happy. And misery loves company. And guess what? Don't join the party. So if you're not happy in what you're doing, and if it's your job, if it's your personal life, if it's your, if it's when you get up and you, what you see in the mirror, it's up to you to change it. Because as you said, you don't have a lot of time. You know what love and hate equals coach? What is love and hate equal? Jealousy. <laughs> I like that one. And what happens is people become jealous. And I got that from Drake. I'm not that creative. I would love to steal it, but I'm not going to. Because people don't want to make the sacrifice. Drake had to be in a wheelchair on Degrassi. A Canadian that's dad from Memphis. You know, Justin Bieber had to bust on the road like when he was young. He had to make the sacrifice. And then he had to sacrifice being a normal person. I don't know if he's happy. But the secret is he put the sacrifice there. He didn't pretend to go out there and put it on a social media platform. We actually put the work in. That's the one thing about media and marketing. It helps. And, and coach, can we tell a story about there's a certain somebody in the car business that's extremely well known or in the music business that's extremely well known. And my father, Jim Carrey, your father, you, there's a secret that nobody knows about success. Coach, you know what that is, coach? What is that? Hard fucking work. It's not even a secret. 
You're so blunt. Think about it, coach. When we sit down and we say to our child, do we keep it real simple? Yeah, we have to. And, and do we start off with the same sort of energy of love when your daughter was born and your son was born and you start standing strong and you get better, but you stand strong in kindness with your kids because you learn from your parents saying what you want to do different to be a different version of your dad. You want to be a dad, but you don't want to be the same version of your dad. Maybe better, worse, but not the same. You know what I'm saying? Correct. So yeah. we take those steps to stand strong. Well, uh, to me, it take them to build on. You said it best, if coach. You said it. it. There you go. Building, building blocks. Tell me, give me some building blocks here. Well, if I look at my father, for example, love the foundation laid, love the man, love everything he did. Is there things I would have changed? Of course. But guess what? Those are things that I'm going to change. Not saying he's a bad man. Not saying he's. But remember, I was a young man, and of course, young young individuals, we know everything, right? Young teenager, we know everything. So if there's some things that I think would change and better better myself, better my family. I've adapted and I've changed and I've built on it. And you said something that was such a smooth segue is, have you ever had a conversation with your father about some of the things he's parented and asked him questions? No. And that's the point with a lot of people right now. And that's the point. Parents don't allow kids to have conversations when they become adults. Kids without parents speak to them all the time as I do. I talk to my mother and my father and have conversations with their energy. Spiritually speaking, religiously speaking, with my transition to become Jewish or Judaism and understanding Buddhism and understanding Catholic and Christian and understanding the overall structure of religion to be able to facilitate a conversation with my relatives in a way where that conversation I've had and the conversation that people are not having with the people that are alive, that's causing mental trauma right now. So standing strong says, you know what? Maybe I should ask a few questions or maybe I should listen to this podcast as a father to a father and then show your work. Show you don't have to speak because men are stubborn because our fathers are stubborn and our fathers were stubborn because it was harder. Our kids don't realize how hard it is to provide for them. We make it easier. That's also a secret. Kids, it's not a secret anymore. We make it as easy as possible for you to live the comfortable life you have by making ourselves as uncomfortable as fucking possible. Ding, ding, ding. I agree with you. I agree with you. Do you think it's yeah. comfortable for me to lose 130 fucking pounds and ride on that bike and look like a rotisserie gold chicken and sweat and sweat and sweat and sweat? No. But I got a picture in front of me that says, this is the hand of Posey when she was two years old and saying, I got to be able to touch that when she's three. I got to be able to touch that when she's four. I got to have the energy to see her at any time and be ready to go and be dad. So if you want to stand strong as a father, stop sacrificing your time for others and start standing strong for yourself to be around, to enjoy later. Your father's still around, sir? Yes, he is. Hey, he a cool motherfucker, right? <laughs> he's the best. Right? Like, think, think about how you laugh. Like, he's cool. Though. Like, all jokes aside, when you talk about, like, brothers and dad, like, when you take away the energy and you humble yourself, your dad's pretty cool. Yes or no? Yeah. Well, he used to be so intense when I was younger, and now I look at him in retired life. He's, he's worked very hard. He deserves a retirement. Him and my mom, and, you know, they, this winter is the only winter they haven't had an opportunity to go to their house in Palm Springs. 
So, uh, as you know, I'm, I'm living in their basement right now waiting for my house next yeah. week. Yeah, you're struggling over there, Kurt. Kurt, you're struggling. Like, I don't know how you're doing it. Like, that small basement that you're struggling over there, you are you are slumming it over there, my guy. Like, uh, if you ever need to let me use that basement, please let me know. Please. Please let me know. You can have it when I'm done. All right, I'll rent it out. We got an Airbnb. Hey, we got a side hustle going on with your, with your parents' basement. Like, Hey, Dad, I'm here. Uh, brother said I could use the basement, dog. I'm transitioning. We're going through similar situations. <laughs> That's a subtle joke. But look now, he is totally chill from when he was, uh, as I was growing up. He's just a different man, which is great. What do you think changed? Awesome. What do you think changed? Losing a son for him, that changed. Number one. Number two is the stop, stop, stop. of a business. Hold on, stop. You got to go, go with the first one. Losing a son, losing a brother. What, 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 explain that. Go more in depth and tell your story here. Your father changed losing a son. You changed losing a brother. Help us elaborate and understand that. Toughest thing I ever faced in my life. My brother, I was, uh, he was 26 years old at the time. Was uh, He lost his life in a motor vehicle accident. And that changed our family, changed our dynamics, changed everything. Because my brother was, he was my best friend by far. My best friend. He was an amazing guy. He was a lot of fun. He, uh, he'd be the individual Kelly that lived life to the fullest. There's people that are 90 that hadn't had the fun he had in his short 26 years on this earth. You know, he was, he was a great guy, a great human being. And, uh, that changed our, changed our lives forever. Let's take a moment there and stop because you, you want to hear the irony of this coach. This gets sad because the dynamics of my family changed. It wasn't when I lost my mother. It wasn't when I lost my father. My tattoo says BFL, death before dishonor. And, and I take that very seriously because when I was playing for the Detroit Lions, at the particular time, the closest version to my father was my uncle. And it was, I think, Memorial Day weekend. Um, it was training camp was struggling. And we got to go home for a couple of days because it was the holidays. So we're going in one car to go get groceries to barbecue. So we leave. At that time, my girlfriend, Rachel, is there at the time. Robbie, who's five at the time, is there. And I remember this vividly. Probably like nine o'clock in the morning, there's a pool table in the basement. They're playing pool, and the setup in this basement was beautiful. And we're getting ready to barbecue and have everybody over. I had started the year before, was fighting to make the team. And I was like, all right, here we go. I can do this. This is going to be a perfect reset, and I'm going to be able to finish this thing off, and we're going to win. So we get in the car, to, and then little Robbie says, can I come with you? In the car, tennis, we're in the back, I'm like, hey, you can't fit. Can you just go back downstairs and stay? So we leave to go to go shopping. And then his grandfather gets in the car to take him somewhere else. Come to find out later. Somehow along the way, his grandfather's in the front and little Robbie's in the back. So he's three at the time, maybe three, four, three or four, excuse me. And somehow he's able to fall out of the car. Yeah. And I can save. The rest, he didn't make it. So when we talk about sports and we talk about industries and the motor motor vehicle industry, the family of the Fords, I was playing for them. They own the Lions. And your father is in the industry of automobile industry. And none of that matters because we both lost a loved one and our lives were forever changed. Correct. And you, as you take those seconds and you just sit there with them, if you had one more second to tell your brother something, what would you say? I love you. Don't even have to think about it. So anybody that's struggling with somebody, stand strong and say, I love you to yourself. 
greatest thing on that that I can rest that night and say is he knew it. And that's where you don't have regrets. That's where you stand strong and say, we'll see each other again. Certain situations come up and we don't try and put blame. I didn't even ask any questions. I said, that's a tragedy. Because the first thing people want to do is jump to conclusions. The difference between Tiger Woods and your brother is what? One is still here. So it doesn't matter how good of a Tiger he was as far as a player. You're like, man, my brother went through that. He didn't make it. So when you look at Subaru, it's probably one of the safest cars in the world. He stands behind his business because his business is helping people. You think we do this because we need to make the money. I just got my total and permanent disability. So when I say this show means standing strong, it's showcasing you that success is sacrifice. Our successes as men, as successful businessmen, we've had death, we've had loss. But we still find a way to be happy. So this is something as anybody that's looking at how to stand strong, you need to listen. I'm black, he's white, and we're both standing strong and we both have to overcome adversity. How much better are you are of a father now because of having a loss? Oh, you just learn to cherish everything. Like when I have my kids and I, I always, I always look at it and say, and I say this all the time is my brother would have loved my kids and my niece and my nephews. He would have been the best uncle in the world. The best. Here's one thing about him. He was fun. He was a lot of fun. And our kids, my, my sister's uh, three kids and my two kids, they, we have, we're very fortunate where we have a family cabin and we get together on the weekends. And that's what, that when I said that changed our lives forever. My sister and I, when we grew up, let's just say we, you know, there was such an age gap. We didn't, we didn't get along that well. And not, not that we didn't get along. We didn't have anything in common. The tragedy comes and it's, if things happen for a reason and we went from not getting along to her joining the family business to now where our, our kids are roughly the same age. They're all best of friends. They mingle and they hang out together every single weekend at the lake in the summertime. And it's amazing. My parents and I, and I truly believe that has made our family stronger and that's helped us get through the tragedy that ha impacted our lives. You couldn't have said it better. And, and I think when you look at it from that perspective, it's so poetic because I look at my I look at the situation as I'm the replacements. I'm Keanu Reeves from the replacements, and it's not a bad thing. It was a great movie. It didn't get the 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 the, the, uh, the awards it should have. And when I look at my life and saying your brother is is not here, but I look at you as a brother, and we have a great time. We had we have so many laughs. So the energy that your brother doesn't have, I feel like I carry it when I'm with you and you just keep me around. It's like, man, that's my little brother. He's fun because everybody's like Kelly's fun. Or it's like with Jim Carrey being my father, he doesn't have kids. So maybe the idea of what it would be like to have a kid. So sometimes the replacement is giving somebody an opportunity because they're overcoming an obstacle. So when you look at the situation... Yeah. You have to look at it from a deeper perspective. I'm like, yo, Kurt's my brother, man. I didn't have an older brother. So I don't, I have to go out there and create that. And on the flip side, my mother was beautiful and still is beautiful before she passed away violently. And I'm not going to go there during Black History Month. But I am going to say something about Black History. I had to create. In standing strong, sometimes you have to create new ideas. So the second time around me going back to school, and for all the people that love that podcast, starting over means just starting over right now. What I did is this. 
is the how. The first thing I did is said, my mother is going to see me graduate. So I had to find somebody that literally would be able to be a character that I can just use that energy to connect with. <clears throat> this is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Carolyn Peck was the first black female coach to win the college basketball, female college basketball championship. She was the first college champion in, in, in girls in female college basketball. The first. So with that being said, better. yeah, I know, I, but like my, I couldn't reach it. So I'm like, here we go. This is, this is how it should be. Sorry. I'm trying on these buttons. Sorry, coach Peck. She's six, four. First of all, beautiful, just great energy. She, they went 28 and one 1999. Then she left to go start the WNBA team, excuse me, in Orlando. Before that, she went to Vanderbilt and was just a standout. My mother, and this is the irony, she was like 6'2", my mom. And she oversaw the academic dorms, an academic advisor for all the college athletes. So I'm like, all right, this is what my mom would be like, or one of my aunts. So now Carolyn Peck is a sports commentator for uh, women's college basketball, and she used to coach at Purdue. So I'm going to put this out there, and I manifest this, and I say, if when I go back to school, I would love for Carolyn Coach Peck to help mentor me. And when I graduate within the next year or so, I would love for her to come and speak at my graduation. I don't think it'd be a problem to have Coach Peck come back and speak at Purdue. You understand what I'm saying? And I think about this and say, Coach, would you be there for me at my graduation? For you? Yeah, would you, when I graduate in a year because I'm going back for a second chance. Done. And guess what? It's, it's, it's a year away, coach. I mean, I mean, and, and you know what? I'm, I'm going to take my, no, I'm not going to take my time. I'm pushing all forward. And you know who else is going to be there, coach? Who? Your brother. His energy is going to be there because it's a family event. It's a family thing. When you look at legacy, you create legacy by saying, here's how I show people that have lost. Here's how you show living legends. You live through them because my mother's a legend. Your brother's a legend. So we're living through them, showing them that we're carrying that energy with us to inspire others. That's all we're doing. That's all we're doing. So as we stand strong, you have to stand strong, but you have to look at yourself and say, hey, if you had a split second and you had to call somebody, what would you say? And if you're struggling right now and you can't get up, think about that for one second. All it takes is a split second to say, I gotta get up right now. If you had to think about something right now, think about your child. If you don't have a child, think about something that makes you get up and stand up and stand strong. And then when you're standing strong, pick up the phone. Call somebody that's the right source or re-listen to this podcast. Coach, one of the most important things I think that you said is going to the right source. Because we can stand strong, but if we go to the wrong source, that becomes a problem. Yes or no? Correct. Where is a good source to stand strong, to keep staying strong? Give us some advice. Besides the push, how are you staying strong? You said you're going to start running. So how can we stand strong during these last few days in Black History Month and going into March? Talk us through it, Coach. Go back to, number one is standing strong, is go back to what makes you feel good, okay? What you need to be, obviously, what, what makes you feel good? Self-esteem. Well, self-esteem, if you have low self-esteem, Okay, myself, for example, 
running makes me feel good. Okay, so that's going to be confidence. That's going to be headstrong. That's going to be a strong heart. That's going to be mental well-being. That's going to be a strong body. These things all help develop. You need to find something that makes you feel good. What makes you feel good? I know for a fact that Kelly, you feel good when you're on, when you're up at four in the morning and you're pedaling on your spin bike, that makes you feel good. Folks, you need to find something that, that a, you enjoy. And and please remember, you're not going to enjoy spinning at four in the morning, right off the hop. Did you enjoy spinning at four, uh, four in the morning, right off the hop? I hated it. You already told me you don't like running. Guess what? It's going to be baby steps. Get it. So it, you enjoy it, and all of a sudden, it becomes, you almost become, like, addictive. And you need a teammate. You need a teammate, and you need to start now. That's the secret. Also, you can't do this alone. I'm going to be very blunt here. As a former athlete that was better than most athletes listening, I don't care if you don't like it. Show me your work and show me you're better. But if you do, then we're teammates, and I'm going to show you how to be better than me. I don't care about my results. But you need some help. Continue, coach. And, and A, and then B is develop a plan, but one that's executable and one that you're going to do and one that you're going to follow through with. You stop right there, coach. You hit it so hard and you said it so smooth. That's why you a smooth motherfucker. Excuse my language. Um, make it reasonable. Let's make it reasonable, coach. Yes or no? The goal you has agree. to be reasonable. If it's not attainable, it's not doable. Don't do something that's like, hey, I'm, in two weeks, I'm going to go out and run the Manitoba Marathon. Well, that's. Could you? You could probably walk it. It would hurt. Do yeah. something that's attainable. Hey, in, in a year and a half from now, when they have the next marathon, I want to be able to, to complete it. That's a goal that's attainable. But it's not a goal where all of a sudden, if it's a month from now, I'll go, yeah, I'm going to run it. Let's take that to a higher level energy. This is the greatest thing you've ever done. Higher level? We're going on 45 minutes, we're Mr. Go- Butler. We're going to leave right here. When I say energy, as far as we're going to energy, not people. So if you said something right there and saying, make it reasonable. So if you're going through depression, if you're going through a transition, if you're going through an identity crisis sexually and you want to transition, if you want to transition into a job, if you want to transition out of a relationship, don't just jump out of it because you're not the only person in it. Take a second, stand strong and think it through. I'm not saying starting over is a bad thing. I'm stepping away from marriage. I'm not stepping away from my daughter. I'm not stepping away from Megan. Megan is, our relationship as parents and friends is better during this separation. We have better conversations. We have better communication. So the second time around or just starting over is not a bad thing. But you better do it better than the first time. Either be good or be good at doing, being able to rebound and rebuild. That's the biggest thing when I say starting over, you better listen to this. You better listen to this and take it serious or sit down. Because if you're gonna stand up again and not take it serious, you might be on your second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth job, relationship, marriage, house. There's something that's not standing strong in your character that's not getting you the success you want. So please listen to coach. Go ahead, coach. Two things. I'm going to make a comment where you just said job. You know what job stands for? You should know what job stands for. Just over broke. (laughs) You're 100% correct. How about a career? Oh, man. 
it, it, it's happening. Right, now, we're, it's, now we're getting too deep. Now we're getting. Too Whoa, deep. coach! We're, okay. we're, we got to. Hey, that's the next episode. They got to keep tuning in yeah. with us. Okay. So, All coach, righty. coach, we gonna give them a recap, quick one, you know, because it's forty six minutes, and and this is so good that they can come back. They're gonna come back because guess what, coach? Stand, so, stand so, strong, right? Stand strong. Health and well being. Strong body, strong mind, self-esteem, confidence, strong head, and most of all, a strong heart. I love you, brother. Peace out. And you know what? Hey, I want to, on, on a side note, on a side note, when you came over the other day, yeah, coach. we had a blast. It was the greatest thing ever. That was fun. It okay, was, let's do it again. Okay, so coach, here's what we're going to leave them with on our Friday. We're going to start it off real slow, but this is how they're going to do when we're going to tune out to this. Peace, coach. Peace out. Bye. Turn the sound up Like we mean it right